Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. conference I spent nervous because I was going to stand up when they said my name and I was going to sit down eventually <laughs> so I was real nervous my wife and I but regardless of that there was something that was birthed in us and that was a fire each sermon was great I mean I want to conquer the world I want to speak to every drug addict after Sergei's <laughs> sermon I mean there's all kinds of different um, thing that was that was birthed in us tonight and I want to say something I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him keep the fire burning I'll be honest with you guys, tonight, here in the next weeks, there's going to be a pastoral transition and there's going to be um, a lot of different things that are going to come into our minds, into our lives that might want to fan out your flame, that might want to stop what we have started already as a church, that might want to, you know, stop things that God wants to do in our lives tonight. And in my plea to you, my challenge to you as the man of God for these last two years is keep the fire burning is that you will continue to go forward for Jesus in our scripture we constantly see this very thing or in our Bible that somewhere God reveals himself and I'm going to be speaking about this as fire and touches us consumes us as somewhere it is our responsibility to keep that fire going six in 1690 there was a 200 year old fire uh, for well unto 200 years a fire that was started um, with the use of a flint and steel by Tom, Tom Dalton in his Blue Ridge Mountain cabin has been kept going to this day. It's amazing. The fire has been moved from one cabin to another as the old ones have given place to newer ones. And generation after generation of Dalton's descendants have watched it carefully through the years. Today, it is the oldest fire in the United States and perhaps even the world. Even in hot weather, the fire requires a cord of wood per month. It has been no easy task to continue to keep this flame for over 200 years, but always the fire has burned on. There was always somebody that took on the responsibility. There was always somebody that said, you know what, we're going to keep this going. Church, we too, not me too, we too have a responsibility to keep a fire burning in our church. Leviticus chapter 6 verse 8 tonight. You can say amen when you're there. Verse 8 says, The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command Aaron and his sons saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on um, the, the hearth, hearth, on the altar all night into the morning. And the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. Verse 10, And the priest shall be shall put on his linen linen garment and put his linen undergarment on his body and he shall take up the ashes to which the fire has reduced the burnt offering on the altar and put them beside the altar then he shall take off his garments and put on other garments and carry the ashes outside to uh, outside the camp to a clean place verse 12 the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it it shall not go out the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and you shall arrange the burnt offering on it and shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13, fire 
shall be kept burning. On the altar continually, it shall not go out. I want to preach a simple sermon tonight that I've entitled, Keep the Fire Burning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, God, for allowing us, Father, to to do wonderful things, God, in your kingdom. God, we're so humbled, Father, that you would use us as instruments, God. Father, I pray that you will anoint your servant's mouth, God, the words that come out of my mouth, Lord, tonight. God, I pray that somewhere, God, even in this sermon, that there may be some fire sparked in people's lives, God. God, that regardless of what we go through the next weeks, the next months, God, our our life, Father, that somewhere it will ignite something in us to keep on pushing forward, God. Not only as individuals, Father, but as your church here tonight, God. I trust that you can do this in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. And the people of God said tonight, amen. I want to start off with my first point, and that is the revelation we have of God. Throughout the Bible, God reveals himself through fire. This is not something that's uh, strange. This is not something that was that, that is new. But somewhere we see in our Bible that God reveals himself as this very fire. And the problem that we're, we're facing tonight, the problem that we encounter as Christians or in the church world is that people don't like fire. Amen? Many of you guys like to get burned. You ever held a, li- a lighter too long? Yes, one person. Thanks, Cindy. Whoever that was. People don't like to view God as fire. People want a God who is passive. People want a God who might be lukewarm. Good enough for me to drink. And I'm not going to burn myself when I touch it. They want a cool God. I remember growing up, I, I saw a shirt that said, Jesus is my homeboy. And he had his fingers up like this. And it was a guy that looked like John Lennon. <laughs> Jesus is my homeboy. And I remember reading those shirts, and I thought they were cool. But as I grew in my Christianity, I began to understand something. Jesus isn't my homeboy. The Bible doesn't describe him as your homeboy. We can speak about all these other false religions, Buddhism. A cool fat guy who gives you money when you rub his belly. Right? Picture of Chinese buffets. All these different things. You go on and on with all these different gods that men create. But the reality is, it's the only true God that we serve. He's not just somebody that's cool. You know, C.S. Lewis who said, my God is good, but he is not safe. That somewhere we understand that there was a cutting edge. There is a, a fire. There is a conviction that somewhere God does these things in our lives that push us to different levels. A God who is safe is not threatening, is manageable. This is why idolatry is so, so attractive to people because you can create your own God. You can pick your own doctrine. You can pick your own religion. You can shape God to the way you want him to be. This is why the Mormons have 36 wives, right? Anyway. Somewhere, church, you have to understand that the God that we serve is a fire. That's how he reveals himself. Exodus chapter 24, verse 17 says, Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. You get burned and you don't forget it for a while. You touch fire, it leaves a mark. There's all types of degrees when it comes down to burn to burns. And I want to tell you tonight, if you've been touched by God, you will never be the same. That somewhere if you've actually experienced the very fire of God, which I know you guys have in our church, that somewhere there is this consuming, devouring um, element to it that somewhere you will never be the same. 
You know, there's people who encounter first-degree burns that look at themselves in a mirror, and they know exactly what happened to them. God reveals himself also in the pillar. Check this out, Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. It says, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of, um, of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire. There goes that fire again to give them light. And they might tra- that they might travel by day and by night, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart for them, from them before the people. That's somewhere, church, God is this person that touches your life and changes you for the rest of your life. This is why some of you guys that tried to backslide before, it wasn't successful. Hebrews 12, 12 29, for our God is a consuming fire. Am I making my point tonight? You know, his desire god's desire tonight is that somewhere his people will receive his spirit bible says that we were created in his image constantly the bible speaks about being more christ-like and many times we use those words and we take the other side of jesus or the other side of god and say you got to be peacemakers and you got to be graceful and you got to love on people and there's very there's a lot of truth in all those statements but can we remember the times where god was righteous can we, call, can we call to those times where God made solid decisions, the times that Jesus rebuked people, the times that he made very strong claims? It is because somewhere God desires that we will carry that very spirit of fire. Psalms 104.4 says he makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. God speaks to Moses out of a fiery bush. Here, God reveals himself to Moses purposely. And you can ask yourself, why fire? You know, this was the essence of God's calling right there. You know, the essence of God's calling is not that you will go become somebody in the kingdom of God, but that you will be consumed by the will of God. That somewhere you're obsessed with doing what God has called you to do. Some of you guys tonight, you know exactly what God has called you to do. Preachers. No, you're God, wives, you know, all these different things that God has spoken to you. Somewhere, when you're touched by this consuming fire, you're obsessed with becoming that. How can I do that? How can I align my life? You begin to create, take, make decisions, even in your workplace, so that you can fulfill what God has called you to do. You can speak about Elijah. You can speak about John the Baptist. You can go on in the book of Acts and the day of Pentecost when they received tongues of fire. Maybe you guys enjoyed the revival of Pastor Show. Maybe you guys know that was fire. Fire emojis, right? There was a lot of them. That's somewhere, you know what, that we're, we're so consumed by the fact that, you know what, we can get more of who God is. We use this term in Christianity when we say, when we say that somebody is on fire for God. When we're speaking about that, we're saying that somebody is willing to do whatever to save people. They're willing, they're, go, they're, they're not ashamed. They're willing to get behind a bullhorn. They're willing to witness. They're willing to do concerts and all these. We always, we say they're on fire for God. You know, God desires that we will burn with the passion for the kingdom just like he does. You guys know that God's passion for us burns in him. There's a burning passion in his heart when he sees us. When he looks at all the broken people in the city of Pasco. When he looks at all the prayer lists that families need to 
find salvation, all these different things. It's a passion that God has. You might just be writing it down on the list, but God, it's something deep in his heart. And God desires that at least his people, his church will feel this, this passion, will feel this burden. That his burdens will be our burdens. That his pain will be our pains. This is why in the book of Matthew, I believe, as Jesus is characterized, he says he's a man of many sorrows. That somewhere he is a sorrow because sorrowful because his life is bad, but because his father feels for the people. I wonder tonight what kind of fire you have. What captivates you? What, what, what kind of passions do you have? What are you willing to do whatever for? Is it the kingdom of God? Is it celebrity gossip? You, want, you don't want to miss it, right? You don't want to miss the next novella. You don't want to mix. You don't want to miss the next episode, the next football, basketball game. That somewhere, many times you see these these uh, these people who burn in passion for their for different hobbies and all these different things. But for Christians, we should burn for the things of God. For Christians, we should we shouldn't miss outreach. We should we shouldn't miss these events, concerts, future things. We have all this. This year planned out and all these things that we know that somewhere we should bring passion and fire to them. What good is it, church, if we run these events with no fire? What good is it that we will do everything we can, but we won't get God involved? What good is it that we will go and pass out flyers to every single door, every single house in our city, but it won't be backed up by the fire of God? There's a saying that was told to me many years ago um, by a pastor. He said, if you will burn in passion and fire, then people will come and watch you burn. What do you burn for? What captivates you? What moves you? I mean, what, what, what excites you? Conference? You know, it's, isn't it exciting when the announcements are happening? You know, you're just like, oh, man, I'm going to be up there one day. You're going to get your picture, right? Imagine yourself, you picked out the dress already, picked out the tie, you're walking down. You, you know, you, you're doing it in slow motion already. You already edited it. <laughs> yeah. You're holding on, you're kind of walking. You're just... I mean, what moves you? What moves you? You know, my wife makes fun of me because I spend countless hours looking at a map, zooming in, looking at different populations there. She caught me one time. I looked up people of... New Guinea or something like that. I want to see how the people look like. <laughs> so I looked them up, went to Google Images, and I was looking at them. I was like, wow. I remember I was riding in, uh, in Pastor Larry's car one time. We had just pumped gas. Um, he had just told me he had a headache. Um, so I'm over here just, I'm talking to him. I'm picking his brain about just different things. And he looks at me and he goes, wow, Renee. He's like, look at all these people out here. We were driving through Houston. So a lot of people. And he goes, look at all these people. He's like, we got some work to do. I mean, think about that. Like somewhere in his mind, that's what he's thinking about. I remember when I was a door director, um, I was up there standing next to him. And, you know, we're worshiping God. We're clapping through the songs. And he will lean over and he'll look at me and he'll ask me, where is this person? I don't know. <laughs> but somewhere in his mind, he's thinking about people. What moves you? People's needs doesn't move you. Maybe that was the issue with the rich young ruler. It was that he, would, he wasn't moved by people's needs. He would see people with different burdens and different 
needs that he could meet, but he wouldn't do anything about it. What moves you tonight? I want to move on to my second point, and that is the charge that we have is to keep the fire burning. You know, the reality is when we get saved, there's a fire that's sparked in our lives. Isn't it, isn't it true? That somewhere we get saved, especially you get saved in a, in a revival service or maybe a conference or you go to a conference and God begins to move on you. There's a fire that's sparked. Somewhere I know many times we call it a conference high, right? And somewhere you come back and you're like, wow, I want to do something for God. You know, our, the skill that we need to acquire is how to keep the fire burning. Three times in, in, um, in our passage, it speaks about fire. What about the time with Peter when, when Jesus is speaking to him and he tells him, How, do you love me? You guys remember that one? Well, then feed my sheep. It was three times that he tells him that, that somewhere in Hebrew literature, one of the things that you must understand it is that they didn't really use exclamation points. What they did was they emphasized by repeating. And what Jesus is doing at that moment is telling them that somewhere I care about my sheep. There's a fire that burns in me about people. He was driving this home. It was a very strong point that he was making to Peter. That he is passionate about people. That he is burning for, you know, the purpose of fire. Many times is sanctification. The purpose of fire is this cleansing, is purging. You can speak about gold and you can speak about the swords and all these different things that go through a process of being burned to remove all the other minerals to make it pure gold. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 9 says, And I will put this third into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say, They are my people and they will say, The Lord is my God. Fire is what keeps you saved. Keeping yourself on fire when you're captivated by keeping the fire burning in your heart. I want to tell you, you got no time to go and backslide. You got no time to turn your back on the things of God because you're so consumed with the fact that God did something in your life and you want to keep it that way. It was Pastor Ruby who said, what keeps me on fire is witnessing. Sounds kind of weird, huh? Almost like, it's like, how do you lose weight? Stop eating. (laughs) He's like, what keeps me on fire is that I can speak to somebody. And if you ever witness to somebody and they got saved, you know exactly what what he's talking about. That you talk to somebody and your words actually get through this time. And you see the tears or you see the reaction, the decision. You pray with them and you leave that place. You're like, man, that's that's awesome. I forget where where I heard this, so don't quote me. Uh, but somebody said that Pastor Mitchell said once you plant a church, it's like crack. <laughs> he said you just want to keep on doing it. You just want to continue. You get addicted. Church, we need fire. And if I'll be honest with you tonight, without fire, the church will die. You know, we can either be a Holy Ghost Pentecostal movement in Paschal, or we can become Methodist. Or we can just become another Salvation Army movement, another teen challenge, another place where you know what it started well, but it ended up in a different, in a different way. You know, people will know fire will eventually be overcome by the moral temperature of the day. There's been several people who backslide and go worse than what they were, overcome by just the, 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 just the fire of this world. 
People who are not afire with God will be overcome by those things. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 speaks about do not quench the spirit. Think about that. That's somewhere, listen church, we need the fire of the living God. Are you guys with me? I want to kind of speak on this for a minute because if we can be honest with ourselves, many times it is difficult to keep the fire going. You can ask yourself, why would the fire go out? As preachers, as ministers, many times you begin to ask that. Why is it that people get saved and then a few months later, a few weeks later, for some of them a few hours later, they're somewhere else. They're not saved anymore. They want to do something for God, but they don't anymore. Why would the fire go out? I want to tell you tonight, Christian, your fire will be threatened. Your fire will be threatened about all kinds of different things. You can speak about weariness and how weariness can cause you to stop feeding your flame. I used an illustration about this flame that was started by a flint, which is a rock that has been kept going for 200 plus years. And somewhere it required people to pay attention to that fire. By nature, fire goes out. Fire doesn't stay lit forever. No fire stays burning on its own. No fire remains forever lit somewhere. It needs attention by a human. It needs attention by somebody that's going to, you know, we'll keep it going. That's going to bring more fuel. That's going to bring more wood. That's going to continue to add to the fire so that it won't burn. Eventually, fire consumes everything around it. Can I tell you, just remind you that ashes don't burn. You can't live off of past achievements. You can't live off of past accomplishments. You can't just continue to go with live for God and always Call upon that day. Oh, I remember. I remember the, you remember when we all got saved? Yeah. In that living room. You know, I hear people all the time, they don't make disciples like they used to. Somewhere, listen, church, you're going to have to create things on your own. I've said this before. I said that if you're going to stay safe, you're going to have to be a spiritual self-starter. Somewhere, you're going to have to learn how to start things on your own. That you're not going to need somebody to come and tell you what to do. That you know exactly what to do. You know to get on your knees and pray. You know you need to outreach. You know you need to evangelize. You know, you know you need a witness. You keep your own fire going. There's not enough sermons that, that I can preach. There's not enough sermons that a preacher can give you to keep your fire going. You need to do it on your own. One of the reasons why fires go, go, goes out is because of lack of fuel. We're not receiving, we're not seeking what keeps our fire going. Listen, you make a very bad mistake if you think you can keep your fire going with YouTube, with podcasts, reading all kinds of different books. No, listen, you got to do something for God. It's not enough just to attain information. It's not enough just to be the smarty pants of the world or to be the smartest person in your church. Go do something for God. The word of God is what you need, evangelism, prayer, fellowship. Many times we can put it out. But you guys know we have a free will. And we can decide to abort mission anytime. We can decide, you know what, God, I'm done with this. What about neglect? First Samuel chapter 3, verse 3 says, The lamp of God has not, gone, has not yet gone out, and Samuel is already lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Somewhere there's a fire burning, but you're neglecting it. I want to close with my third point. 
And that is keeping the fire burning. And I want to touch on a very specific thing because obviously we're all going to go through a few um, things here in a few weeks. A pastoral transition can either go well or it can go real bad. It can either push us to do something for God as a church or we can completely break people. You know, the pastoral transition is really about you guys. I know we get the announcement. I know we, we get our names said through a mic and people congratulate, people cry. But the reality is that a pastoral transition is really about the church. And in the midst of making this decision, we begin to pray constantly every single day. Pastor Rosario, us, me, Pastor Harvey, Pastor Larry, we constantly got on our knees saying, God, give us a smooth transition. Because one of the worst things or one of the things that really hurt pastors is that in the desperate need for a shift that when you do this out of necessity that you lose people. I want to ask you a question tonight, church. What would you do to keep the fire burning? Are you just going to allow events to happen and shut your fire down? I mean, what is it? What, is, what, what, what does the world have to do? And you're out? Or are you somebody that's going to keep the fire going? If you guys know that we don't, that we can serve God. That's somewhere that you, that you know what, you know, this is constantly said, and I'm very careful with saying this because many times when somebody says this, it's literally, it's, it's a lot of times that there's a root of rebellion. But somewhere, how many of you guys know that we don't follow man? I mean, we do. <laughs> Again, see, this is my disclaimer. We do follow man, but as they follow God, but our eyes are focused on the shepherd. How many of you guys know pastors are just side shepherds? This ain't my show. I'm, I, I know I'm the guy with the mic. I understand that. And I understand a lot of the calls, decisions that are made are by the pastors. But if we're not connected with God, we're in a bad place. We're just the side shepherds. We just, we just tell people what to do because God tells us what to do. <laughs> this is what Apostle Paul, he tells his disciples. He tells them, follow me as I follow Christ. He tells Timothy to mimic. Do, do as I taught you to do. But all of this has to do with just a connection with God. What are you going to do to keep this fire going? You know, January the 26th, we're going to have a we're going to have a transition, a complete change. And it's really on you. What are you going to do? Are you going to keep going? Are you going to continue to burn with passion for the people of Pasco? Are you going to link hearts and do something for God? Maybe you guys know we're still on the same team. We didn't get traded. Like it's not, it's not, it's not like a, a, a team trade. You know, it's not, it's not like a team trade. It's not like a salary deal. Kind of like it's, it's, listen, we just, we just shifted. That's all we did. You guys, we're all gonna see each other still. We're still part of the Church of Jesus Christ. When we stand in front of God, we're still His children. This is, this is what um, um, Paul is dealing with the Corinthian church because the Corinthian church began to create cliques. And what happens, those clicks, what they were saying is, well, we got saved under Paul, so we're the Paul click. And then the person said, well, we got saved under Apollo, so we're the Apollo click. The pastor Apollo click, the pastor Paul click. And somewhere Paul writes a letter to him and says, you guys can't do that. You guys can't create this click because we're all under God. Because God is the one that brought the increase. He says this, he says, I watered, he said, no, I planted, Apollo watered, but God brought the increase. 
I wonder tonight. I wonder tonight if somewhere you will make a decision that you will stick out anything that comes. Anything that comes your way, good or bad. We must keep alive the fire. I think this is truly what Paul is telling Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. It says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gifts of God, which is in you through the laying of laying on of my hands. You know, what we've done as a church these two years are just the beginning. They're just the foundation. I truly believe Pastor Harvey and Cindy are going to come in and they're going to flam this flame, um, fan this flyer. Fan this fire into flame. <laughs> what a flyer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's somewhere, you know what, that, that, that you guys will come together and do greater things. Produce a lot more fruits. You know what, the sacrifice is put on the altar. The idea is that God will receive it and accept it. I want to speak about this, what will be required. Because if we're going to continue to fan our flame into fires, if we're going to continue to keep this fire going, after the transition, after everything that God brings towards us, we're going to have to do a few things. One is fellowship. How many of you guys like the fellowship? Okay, I'm going to give you guys a challenge. I want you guys to eat as much as you can after we leave. <laughs> it's a joke, all right? <laughs> but I do want you guys to fellowship. It's to keep you yourself going. It's to, it's to hold hands spiritually and say, you know what? We're going to come together as the church we're going to come together as people of God and continue to go forward. Fellowship. Talk to one another. Talk to God. Talk to people overall after everything that we go through, all of our feelings tonight. Can, can I just be real with you guys tonight? You might, you might think it's rude, but it's not, all right? Um, after everything, all of our emotions and everything, the reality is it really isn't about us. Visitors are going to walk in here. People are still out there that need Jesus Christ. And while we're going through everything that we're going through, somewhere we got to make a decision. We still got a responsibility as a church. Can I get one friend tonight? I'll say, Pastor, I know what you're talking about. I know I feel a certain way, but there's still people who need salvation. And it is my responsibility as a church to continue to push that forward. It's going to require... A refilling, a fresh supply of fuel. One of the things that excites me right now is that summer is on its way, sort of. <laughs> we're, 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 get, we're getting there. But our reach season is coming. That means, that means grilling hot dogs. That means preaching. That means going to parks and witnessing to people. All that stuff should motivate you. You know, to keep the fire going, many times you got to remove ashes. Leviticus 6.11, I don't think I gave Jerry this one. Leviticus 6.11 says, Then he shall take off his garments, put on other garments, and carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. If you've ever grilled anything on a charcoal, you know that after a while you got to remove some ashes. You know, and the reality is that somewhere, not only do we have to put off our old man, which is our carnal nature, is that eventually as you grow and as you continue for the things of God, you're going to have to move some past accomplishments and say, you know what, thank God for those, but let's get some new victories. Let's get something fresh going. I want to close with this. 
I want to pray for some people tonight. Because what's going to be required is a commitment. And I, I was truly hoping that more, more, more of other people will be here. Um, but obviously services are what it is, and we can pray for this later. Uh, but we're going to pray for people who will make a commitment. You guys know the Alamo in San Antonio? The Alamo, San Antonio. No, there was a war between Mexico and, and Texas where there was a general. that what he did was that he drew a line on the floor. And he said, if you're with me, I want you to cross the line. And somewhere what he did was that he represented something. He said, you know what, we're about to go through something as they're defending the Alamo. They said, there's going to be people who are going to attack us. We're going to go through this very event. But I'm going to draw a line. I want to see how many people are with me. And tonight I just want, I want to pray for people who, you know, they say, I'm committed to the work of God here in our church. I'm committed to everything that God is going to do here in our church. Regardless of who's leading, I'm committed to the ministry that God has for us tonight. That commitment right there is going to continue to keep that fire going. When you're making that commitment, what you're saying is, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to continue to support the outreaches. I'm going to continue to support all the events, the endeavors, the Bible studies, the sermons, the preaching, the church planting. Can I go that far? The church planting one day. Walla Walla is still for Jesus. Amen. We're still praying for it. Wenatchee will still get planted in New Zealand one day, right? We still have all those visions and dreams that one day we're going to be able to touch it. And you're committed to that. And somewhere God's going to use us. Keep the fire burning. It's going to require us. Can I get every head bowed and every eye closed tonight? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.